1: Robson Civil, with over 60 years of leading civil constructions experience, visit robsoncivilprojects.com.au BJ Howes Metal Land, the coast's tradies choice for tools, steel, gas, visit bjhowes.com.au Welcome to Saturdays on the Coast.
2: Yeah, good morning. We're live from Wyong from the Masters Hockey, the Over 60s, the New South Wales Championships, and we're back after a week off. Michael was up in Coffs Harbour. I did the kind of east to west coast trek, so went from the women's state of origin in Canberra last Friday night Mm -hmm. across to state of origin two in Perth at Optus Stadium, Uh, one of the greatest origins I've ever seen. Buttes, good morning, mate. Great to see you.
3: Good to be back, Stephen. Good to see you, and good morning to all the listeners out there. And how good is it to be out here at Wyong, the hockey fields here, and. uh, the championships over-60s masters. Like, it's ridiculous. There's 13-odd teams competing in this tournament, which that's a hell of a lot of 60-year-olds, right? And I'm just going, well, over-60s. And it's just amazing to see them running around and doing what they're doing.
2: We came here yesterday for MBN television. I've got to say, saw a couple of cracking matches, and I felt sore just watching some of these guys. I'd like to know how they've recovered. Yeah. Well, alongside us, he's hockey royalty. He played with the Kookaburras, the, one of the greatest cohorts of players of all time in Australia. Uh, But also, he's the president on the Central Coast, El Presidente,
4: Brett Johnson slash BJ. Thank
2: you. Good morning, morning. mate. Welcome back to the show.
4: Thank you. Great Great to have you here again.
2: Look, I'm surprised you're here undercover with us. I thought you'd be on the Brett
4: Johnson hill, which is over to our right. Well, with all the rain that we've had here, unfortunately, it's a little bit wet out there. So I'm going to stay dry today, I think. And with all the rain that we've got forecast, so hopefully it it stayed away this morning. So hopefully that continues today.
2: Yeah, BJ, there's been some games already. Who's played this morning?
4: Uh, This morning here, we had uh, Newcastle playing Grafton. Um, That ended up in a nil-all draw, I'm advised. Um, I heard you... one all draw. Sorry, I'm getting advice from the crowd. So, one all draw. Um, So, and out here at the moment, we've got Metro Southwest, uh, and they're up against Far North Coast. So, a lot of very sore bodies and a few sore heads hanging around today. Yeah, can I ask
2: the audience a question? Uh, With BJ, don't let the truth get in the way of a good story. Is is that correct, with BJ?
4: Uh,
2: So, mate, uh, who are the favourites in this tournament? So, we've got an A and B division.
4: Yeah, so, two divisions. Um... There's seven teams in one and six in the other. So, Sydney are generally the strongest of the the city areas that we've got here. Um, Then a couple of the regional, so Bathurst, um, Grafton are doing okay. Um, So, it's kind of, there's a lot of one-all draws and one-nil wins. So, it's a very tight competition until today in the last game. And a lot of massages and ice Uh, bath. It's
3: it's a big field here (laughs) that they've got to get around on. I'm just comparing it to Oztag and... Uh, we just had our state championships up at Coffs Harbour. Yep. And there's over 60s and over 50s, etc., that play. But, you know, they're playing on half the size of the field and it's still physically demanding. But, you know, the, the amount of uh, uh, territory that these guys are covering, it's quite, ex- uh, quite extensive. Yeah, it,
2: you know, Bute, so I, I thought about you. This would be a game. Like, did you ever play it? No, nah, you know it, what? It I did, looks I, perfectly suited yeah, for you.
3: Nah, you know what? It still scares me. Every time I hear that ball getting hit by the stick, I just cringe and go, I'm <laughs> waiting for it to come and hit me in the head.
2: Yeah. Yeah, I ran uh, 7K the other night at Mingara at their track night, uh, Tuesday night, and I'm still sore Mm. after that run, so you can only imagine how many Ks these guys are doing. Uh, There's plenty to play for. There's some rep teams chosen at the end of this. Tell us more.
4: Yeah, so they're picking... um, They've had something like 60 players nominate to play for the New South Wales Men's Masters. There's the Australian Championships up on the Gold Coast, I think in September, October. Um, So they're picking out... um, Three teams from this, so you know, there'll be top team, middle team, and whoever's making up the the last team. But, um, you so if you notice out here, there's players with uh tags on their socks, so they're the ones you got to watch out for, they're the ones that vying for higher honours. So, ah, that's what the little tags are there. Yeah, there's not seven captains on the field, they're basically. Then that's how selectors can see who's nominated, so they can just watch those oh, guys. they've been selection. identified as, yeah, okay. Yeah, yeah. and then... Uh, what what if do
3: any of the blokes grab a pair of tags themselves and just whack it on to?
4: No, I'd be, <laughs> I'd be cutting off your oppositions <laughs> if I was... I'd take a scissors out and go, well, he's not beating me, Snip. Yeah. 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 Uh,
2: after the Gold Coast, there's also a trip to Tokyo. So I think the World Championships are being held there. Hmm. Hey, BJ, we'll talk to you more throughout the morning. Right now, we've got to go to our... Uh, our next guest, and it's it's the great trainer Hayden Knowles with both New New South Wales and the Newcastle Knights. H, good morning, mate. Welcome back to the show. And absolutely incredible last week in the West, fourteen twelve at half time. Then New South Wales just blow Queensland away, forty four to twelve. Good morning, mate. Congratulations. Good morning, man. Yeah, it's been a good week. Uh, I'm glad you were there, Steve.
5: Um, it kind of was a bit of a flashback to 2019, actually, where. We lost game one and we had uh, we picked seven new players for game two and Freddie backed himself and the staff backed him and there's quite a lot of people critiquing his selections as they do and, uh, and it was a bit a bit the same this time. It was a bit of a similar feeling and we, we kind of love Perth. We, we camp at Scarborough for the week on the beach and we have uh, some really good training. We use the Hale School. It's a really good resource school over there. We use their training fields and gym and we move into the city the final two nights before the game and um, we get looked after really well and the boys were hungry, weren't they Steve?
2: Yeah, oh look, I just thought it was one of the greatest origins that I've ever seen on a whole bunch of different levels. I thought the atmosphere was one of the best ever, no doubt about it, at that Optus Stadium and normally I don't like a circular field. Mm -hmm. But that stadium is so good that there's not a bad seat in the house and it was pumping Buttes. And I I just think, you know, I really find it interesting what H said, and I want to get your thoughts, Buttes, as well, that Freddie, he won the series last year convincingly. They blow Queensland away and then suddenly after one loss at the start of this year, he he seemed to be under enormous pressure. Would you agree?
3: Look, I think the pressure come from the fact that um, some of the selections, and, uh, you know, my understanding is that he was looking at the loyalty aspect but the loyalty aspect um, wasn't one of those things where players were necessarily in form um, or as good a form as some other players and I think with those changes and, the, and that adjustment to the, the side in game two, it certainly for me looked like a much stronger side and that was then reflected in, in the scoreline H, I'm I just interested, you're in the at the coalface there mate um, is that how it played out internally?
5: Yeah well it's funny because we, we actually get it, all the commentary and all the uh, sometimes criticism. We actually get that, that's part of it. Um yep. no one takes it personally or anything like that. But the way it works, every week every week from round one, there's a group of staff that we get on a, a zoom every week and we basically pick a team each week as if the game was going to happen right there mm. and then. Now that that team changes throughout the year depending on injuries, the form and Different things, and then in the end, the final decision. um, Freddie backs his gut feeling and and Brandy, but there is a there is a bit of a method to it. We don't just like draw names out of a hat or anything. Um, (laughs) No, no. You know, like we even got criticised really heavy for putting Jack White in game one, and he ended up our best player. Yes, Um, he comes into the camp, and everyone shows belief in him, and he knows Freddie believes in him, and. He gives his best and, and you know, now everyone, all those people that called for Jack White not to be picked, they're probably all going to be calling him to be picked this week, yeah. you know. Um, but, yeah, it's, a, it's, a, it's an interesting one. Freddie, uh, he knows that everyone's out there bagging him, but he doesn't take it on. He doesn't listen to it. He doesn't read it. Um, he backs himself. There's some great advice given to us when we first started in 2018. John Chalk, he, he's passed away now. A great, a great man yep. um, in league. He he gave some advice to. Uh, actually, I'll never forget it. I, you know, I talk about him now because he's passed, and it's a really cherished moment. But he said, if you're ever on thin ice, don't skate on it, dance on it. Um, wow. And he used some other words in there, like, like you know, there's a couple of swear words thrown in. But I know I'm, I'm alive at the moment. But he said, Don't skate on it, dance on it And that was twenty eighteen when when Freddie picked eleven new players. Yep. Eleven or twelve new players. And then I bumped into him a few weeks before he died in twenty nineteen at the, at a bar in Perth. He was over in Perth. And he said it to me again. That was the week Freddie was getting heavily criticized again. He, he grabbed me at the bar and he said it again. He said, I'm gonna tell you the same thing. Don't don't skate on it, dance on it and um that's kind of what we do. Freddie, Freddie dances on it, you know. He really backs himself. When the players are in camp, they just know how much belief we have in them. It doesn't matter who they are. And um, every game, I don't know if you realise, every game in every series Freddie's coached, even the losses, there's been one try off winning. Like, yeah, been yeah. Hanging in there, you know. So, this is, Game 3's going to be incredible. It's just yeah. going to be, Suncorp's going to be crazy
3: You you know what I know, H, is – and I love the fact that it would have been easy to make a couple of changes. You've lost by six points, right? It would have been easy to make a couple of changes, right, and just go with the flow. But to be man enough, strong enough, and have the conviction to go, you know what, we need to make seven changes here, and this is how I'm going to go about it. Like, that took some serious kahunas to do that. Yeah. Right? And the criticism yeah. that come with that, right? But he's done it, and the results showed clearly.
2: Hey, before H answers this, I've got to say, as a Bulldogs fan, uh, Matty Burton scores the first try of the night. Buttes, that's got to be one of the best debuts that we've seen. And what about his Panthers connection? So, once again, he's alongside his premiership buddies. So, he's got, uh, you know, Nathan Cleary, Jerome Luai, uh, Brian To'o on the outside of him as well, and... You know, they were just a well-oiled machine all night.
3: Were they what? I think, you know, there's probably going to be a little uh, selection dilemma with Whiten coming back, and now you've got Matt Burton who
2: And Latrell, who comes back against the Parramatta Reels this weekend. I've got to
3: tell you, for me, I don't even look at Latrell at the moment. I'm just looking at two guys that performed in Game 1 and in Game 2 who were absolutely outstanding. Now you've got a dilemma. Um, know. I reckon it's a toss of the coin. To be honest with you, H, I, I don't know which way Freddie's going to go, and no one's going to know until Sunday. But it's um, not a bad position to be in, mate. Mate,
5: hey, to see that connection, as you know, I was at Penrith for three years, so I, I, yeah. uh, I really enjoy watching how they are together. They love their free. They just love each other's company. And and Matt Burton, uh, I, I saw a little glint in his eye last week. He was he was loving it. Even. Uh, Spending an hour's extra goal kicking practice with Nathan Cleary the day before the game, when he was probably our third choice kicker, he was probably never going to get a kick. But I think he just loves getting out there kicking. Um, I don't know how he'll be kept out of the team because he does what he's told. At half time, Freddie's last message, last message was, Birdo, I want to see that kick you've been doing. He's been practicing this yeah, yeah. big viral kick <laughs> from the left hand side, and it was going to." Travel to the other side of the field and hit their left winger, and um, and he did it the first, <laughs> the very first kick. He did it, and we nearly scored off it. And it was like, "Geez, this kid does what he's told." Uh,
2: yeah, oh, yeah. Mate, H, uh, are you able geez, to? Uh, are you mm-hmm. able to stay with us because I want to talk to you about last night, of course, and also the Mark Hughes Foundation beanies for brain cancer round. Which, uh, how good do they look, buttes I mean, I don't oh. look good in a beanie. I look like a robber's dog. But what are your thoughts,
3: mate? Outstanding, actually. Yeah, you know they say you can't polish a turd, oh. mate. It's done an amazing job for you. Fantastic.
2: <laughs> hey, uh, so 14-12 at half time, and then Daniel Tupou in the 50th minute. Jerome Luai, Nathan Cleary a double in a three-minute period. Oh. Angus Crichton gets a try six minutes from full time. So absolutely incredible. And you know, two games, two games in Perth. The scoreline is 82. To 18 Mm. in Perth. Do you think that.
3: Game three can be in Perth? Let's hope so. (laughs) Uh,
2: Off to our first uh, break of the morning. Off to our first break of the morning. Back with Hayden Knowles in just a few moments' time. We'll also talk about the. Uh, Super Netball Grand Final. Mm. It'll be a cracker. So it's West Coast up against, and they haven't won in a couple of decades, Buttes. West Coast up against the Melbourne Vixens. We'll also talk about the Mariners' new women's football team. How exciting is that?
3: Fantastic. The A-League growing bigger and stronger.
2: And a massive game of rugby, Wallabies up against England. That's being Mm. played in Perth as well, so I assume it'll be a sellout over there. And Jeremy Paul, former World Cup winner, will join us at 10.30 this morning. Saturdays on the coast on SEN.
1: Robson Civil. With over 60 years of leading civil constructions experience, visit robsoncivilprojects.com.au. BJ House Metal Land. The coast's tradies' choice for tools, steel, gas. Visit bjhowes.com.au. You're listening to Saturdays on the Coast.
2: Yeah, welcome back. We're live at the Over 60s Masters New South Wales Hockey Championships. And, you know, we've done a lot of shows around the Central Coast. It's what our show's all about. So we go to live sport. I've never seen Buttes more riveted... Oh. At a sporting event than this morning. So Matt,
3: it's, well, the sad part is I'm not that far <laughs> off
2: these folks at the moment. So that's
3: what concerns me.
2: So we're watching Metro Southwest versus the Far North Coast. And the Far North Coast, they've been on the attack almost this entire half. And the defensive effort from Metro Southwest has been pretty impressive, Buttes, nice. including their goalkeeper. It certainly
3: as He's been all over it. It's uh, Still nil all uh, at this point in time. But uh, with five minutes to go uh, before half time. Uh, and joining us still is uh, Hayden Knowles, trainer to the Stars. He was there in Origin Camp. H, I just want to touch on the performance of Nathan Cleary, and and you've worked with him over the last, you know, three, four, five years, whatever it's been, Um, to turn it around the way he did, you know, the criticism he got uh, after game one. And uh, unfortunately, I think for Nathan is his standards are so high that when you look at a game like that, that game one, You know, everybody's saying it was a poor game. Like most halfbacks would be happy with a game like that.
6: But his standards are so
3: high, he's turned it around within two weeks and pulled out a man-of-the-match performance. It shows the character of the kid and the mental fortitude of him. I'm just so impressed with the way, not only his playing ability, but now what he's able to do in and around and and come back from various hurdles or whatever it may be. And and that was one of his biggest challenges, I believe, uh, in his career.
5: Yes, Mick, that's a good observation, mate. He, uh, any In anything in his game, doesn't matter if it's in his, his craft, his skill, his uh, his physical, whatever it is, he tries to get better. The mental game, though, Mick, is really, um, really developed for him over the years. And you are exactly right. The way he owned it, he actually even publicly owned that first game. Mm. And the, when when he come into camp. From day one, you just knew he was on. Like, I mean, he always is the ultimate professional, but there was something about him. Like, I, I went to dinner an hour early once. I wanted to get down there early, and he was there with a computer screen going, studying his, his opponents, taking notes. Yeah. Um, he's He made the team wait before we started Captain's Run because he was still doing his kicking routine before we started. And I even had the captain saying, "Come on, Hayden, when are we starting?" And I said, "Mate, what do you want me to do? Keep the quarterback happy? He'll win this games with goal kicking, or keep the captain happy?" And Tedesco just laughed and gave me a hug and whatever. It said, "No, no, no, don't upset him. His routine, you know." Uh, yeah. After the training session, he keeps everyone waiting. The team's on the bus. Where's Nathan? Oh, he's still in the ice bath. Like he—he he was just—he was just on the whole week. In every little area, but the mental game is also part of what he has to work on and develop over the years and not worry about what people say, not worry about who criticises his game, listen to those who uh, mean a lot to him. He's got a little close, tight-knit group of advisors, you would say. Um, Yeah, mate, so impressive. You know what,
3: I saw this, H, after they lost the grand final, right? And he had to get up for origin. And I think he yeah. struggled. I thought it was one of his biggest challenges at that point of his career, right? And I think he, he struggled a little one, bit that. in that series. Yep, game one, right? Yeah. But the way that he was able to turn that around this time was just showed the maturity and the fact that he has done that work. Um, yeah, and, and I heard his dad talk about him during the week, saying he's really proud of the way he turned it around. He's got every right to be proud because, you know, as a father, you want to offer that advice to your son and say, mate, listen, we've got to turn this around, how we go about it. But, you know, Ivan's in a bloody unique position because he's also the coach. Yeah,
2: don't forget too, Butte, uh, <laughs> so if you're talking about when he lost the grand final and then he had to play Origin. Yes. Cameron Munster gets player of the series and Queensland win that when the series. series. yeah, that's
3: right. Yeah, and, and I just felt that Nathan wasn't quite there during that series because of the disappointment. I actually saw it on grand final night, how down he was. Right in that grand yeah. final thought, so this is going to be his toughest challenge. But
2: so it's a two-year cycle. Yeah,
3: he's turned this around. He's turned it around and done a great job. Oh, of it. Yeah. Oh, he's,
2: t- he's a supreme player, yeah. isn't he? So yeah. it, it's been yeah. a joy to watch him develop, no doubt about it. Hey, uh, we want to talk. talk-
5: that. Yep. Sorry, I rang Ivan that morning, game day there was last week, and said, "Hey, how have your boys on?" And uh, he was so happy for the phone call. And uh, and then I bumped because Ivan couldn't travel. He's been a bit crook. And I, I bumped into his mum after the game and said, oh, Ivy, Rat- Ivy told me he spoke to you.
2: He told me Nathan was going to do that.
5: Yeah, yeah, <laughs> yeah. So yeah, it was a beautiful family there.
2: Yeah, H, uh, mate, uh, I love the magic round. I've said that publicly, but I think this is probably the best round of the year, isn't it? So it's the Mark Hughes oh, Foundation yeah. Beanies for brain cancer. We see every single team wear their beanies out. We see all the coaching staff, support staff, the cheer girls last night in Newcastle. And mate, uh, how do you guys feel about it? With Mark Hughes being a Newcastle legend, two-time premiership winner, I believe there's going to be a brain cancer facility now in Newcastle. So just amazing, and what a wonderful cause.
5: It is, mate. It's great for me with a bald head because it was cold last night. I've enjoyed it, um, but Mark Hughes, what an amazing person! He obviously is very well loved at Newcastle and and the Knights and, and around the town, but now just across, I mean, he's changing people's lives across mm. the whole country. And yeah, and it, real inspiration. He did come and talk to our team last week, and you know, even just to feel someone who think so positively in life like he could have easily gone down the negative route and felt sorry for himself but he did what normally happens in team sports you ask yourself how can I help someone else uh, how can I help a teammate that's that's the life he'd always lived so he decided to well how can I help other people and to think he started this off and and now I've heard he's raised over 25 million dollars and He's just an amazing person. Like, And when he's ever spoken to teams, I've listened to him twice, once with New South Wales Origin and once with Newcastle Knights, and I could listen to him forever. He, mm. I, Yeah, I just love the guy, and I, I can't say I know him really well. I only know him through Bedsy or through different people. Um, but he's an amazing person.
2: Yeah, I sent him a message uh, to come on this morning. Normally, he'd come on during this round, but I understand... Yeah, he's getting absolutely hammered with media requests. I did see, and you think about some of the plays he came through with, some of the real unsung heroes. Billy Peden was uh, on Fox Sports the other night talking about the Mark Hughes Foundation. And, you know, Billy Peden... In 2001, scores a couple of tries and plays out of his skin to win a grand final for Mm -hmm. the Newcastle Knights. And that whole crew, I love that team. You know, Chiefs, the guy driving the bus, literally driving the bus and leading their way down the motorway to play the big games.
3: Yeah, they're a good squad, and you can Um, see that camaraderie they have. It's there for all to see.
5: Does does Mick Butner need to relive that? No, (laughs) I did not. I I did not. Occasionally just... I was on on Mick's side that night, and (laughs) every time I walk in the building at the Knights, I still see... Highlights or pictures, and we don't need to listen to that, Steve. Yeah, hey, hey, I wasn't saying anything
2: about Parramatta. (laughs) are just talking about that group of players, and Mark Hughes in particular. Yeah,
3: yeah, yeah, let's not (laughs) even refer to 0-1 anyway. Mate, listen, I I do want to touch on last night's game, H. Uh, Great performance from the Knights, and, you know, a long time coming. They've been really disappointing um, this season thus far. However, the performance of Edric Lee, five tries. What an effort uh, from the big winger.
5: Yeah. Oh, everyone loves Edric. He just brings so much energy to the place, and he's always smiling, and to now be smiling with five tries in a game, that's, apparently there was four people equal on a record of four tries. That's yes. been the records in Knight's history, so now he stands alone as the record holder with five tries, so everyone's happy for him, and and Dom Young, the other wing, scored
3: three tries last He scored time. a hat-trick, yeah. It was, you know what? It was really entertaining stuff to think that your wingers have scored eight tries <laughs> between them. It's phenomenal.
2: Uh, I've got to say, Butte, Gold Coast were woeful. Yeah, wow, they're, right. they're in a massive hole, aren't they, H? And Take nothing away from Edric Lee, and congratulations to him standing alone with five tries at Newcastle. But some of that defence on the... So, Edric playing on the left-hand side, some of the right-hand side defence was just abysmal.
5: Yeah, I feel I, I feel for Justin Holbrook. I think he's a very good coach and he's a very good man. I really like I really like Justin, but I I know in rugby league, as you know, Mick, the highs are high, really high, and the lows are really low. And at the moment, he will be in a world of hurt today. And uh, in fact, I'm going to put a message out to him after this because they would all be, I mean, their staff, there'd be people there trying their guts out and. Yeah, it's a hard road when they're going that bad.
2: Yeah. yeah. H, uh, we could talk to you all morning, mate, um, but it's been such a pleasure having you on the show, mate, and gaining some insight into both the New South Wales team and also the Newcastle Knights. Thank you so so much, mate, and best wishes to you and the family until we speak again.
5: Yeah, all the, boys, all the best, man, and enjoy that hockey. There's no other junior sport going on around here. I've got disappointed Daddy. kids. All the
2: rugby <laughs> league's rained off.
3: Yep. Yeah, yeah. Enjoy the I, hockey. I can s-
2: I can say, too, I think we're probably about 15 metres from the field, and I reckon we could be in danger, Buttes. Oh, mate, every time that ball hits a stick, mate, I am
3: cringing and ducking and weaving, I'm telling you.
2: Yeah, you would have been good at this sport, though. Yeah. Like, this ticks all the boxes for you because it's, it's endurance, it's some speed. Bit
3: of physicality.
2: It's power. Yeah. Yeah, I think you would have been good at this sport, no doubt about it, and you would have been like a lethal weapon strategic. with the stick. strategic? Yeah, absolutely. Like a chess game. Yeah. Yeah, I, I love it. Uh, so... Uh, H, thank you so much, mate. We're off to the news. We'll come back in just a moment. Saturdays on the coast on SEM.
1: Robson Civil. With over 60 years of leading civil constructions experience, visit robsoncivilprojects.com.au. BJ House Metal Land. The coast's tradies' choice for tools, steel, gas. Visit bjhowes.com.au. You're listening to Saturdays on the Coast.
2: Yeah, we're live from Wyong, the over-60s New South Wales Masters Championship and really loving the action. Still no score in the game that's right in front of us, Metro Southwest. Versus the far north coast. This looks like it could be a penalty corner coming up here. So we'll watch the action closely. Uh, so the pendulum has swung. Metro Southwest under enormous pressure for a lot of the first half. And uh, actually, no. So this is far north coast with another opportunity. Yep. Still nil all yet on this game right in front of us. They're
3: under the pump, mate. And hey, like you said, penalty corner. This let's not forget, too,
2: this is where Matty Dawson... Honed his skills before he went to play in Newcastle and Sydney, and then a couple of Olympic games, including silver in Tokyo.
3: Mm, it's a great facility here, like the two synthetic fields, um, and they've got a, a dressing room slash um, clubhouse type thing where players can get changed, especially in those conditions.
2: Hey, uh, you've got a, a fool's cap page full of notes. What else is on there? Is that all rugby league? It's all
3: rugby league. We've got a gold. We have got a gold. There it is. <laughs> there it is. Well, you could hear the cheers from the crowd. They went in. From the penalty corner, number, I don't know, number 12, I think, might have been the yeah,
2: man. We'll find out for you. We'll get all the information yeah, for you is. in a few moments. Hey, I just want to quickly run this by you before we go to Nerida Stewart to talk about the Super Netball Grand Final. Mm. What about Channel 7? Federal court action to terminate their six-year deal with Cricket Australia. Can you believe this? Citing repeated breaches relating to quality and standards. Now... We spoke about this, about the Big Bash League. Cricket Australia described the move as astonishing, but in the statement of claim by Channel 7, um, blocking Steve Smith from playing in last year's Big Bash ah. was almost the line in the sand. So, um, speaking of... I mean, we spoke about the Big Bash League. We thought it was way off this year, didn't we? Well
3: no, the Big Bash is dying, unfortunately. And the reason is, I think they've just got to... I believe, and I said this probably during the summer. I think they've just got money hungry and just wanted too many games. I think in the past we've had it so that there was like, you know, 30, 40 days where cricket was on bang, bang, bang. Now they've extended it out to 56, 60 days. It's just too much. People, you know, you want that engagement where... You feel like you're missing out if you don't go.
2: But if you've got a superstar like Steve Smith... You'd let
3: him play. You'd let him play. So,
2: it's a really interesting one in terms of a broadcast deal. So, if that's one of the key reasons, it's like holding back a player from playing in the National Rugby League. Yeah. That's that's a marquee player.
3: I'm not sure... Uh, Look, I'd be interested to see how this plays out because I'm not sure those grounds are justified in terms of, you know, Cricket Australia will have their policies and procedures in place and have their rules in and around that. So... I just find it really interesting that the the media partners are going down that path, almost telling Australian cricket who and who should play, who shouldn't play, when they should play, but how they should play. If
2: you're playing, if you're paying close to half a billion, I guess, do you I, feel like you should get a say?
3: Well, I guess you take that risk when you actually sign the contract, saying, okay, like, well, they're putting on a product, <laughs> and they've got their rules and restrictions. If they had a problem with those rules and they should have and policies, they should have.
2: Yeah, it'll be interesting to see how it plays yeah, out. Yeah, Speaking of uh, Steve Smith, run out by Usman Khawaja. Mm, a Bit of a up. Uh, yeah, uh, Australia winning by 10 wickets against Sri Lanka. Cameron Green, 77 off 109. Kawaja made 71, but Nathan Lyon, what a superstar. Five for 90 off 25 in the first dig. Yeah. Uh, and then four for 31 in the second innings. Travis Head, four for 10 off 2.5 overs. Now, What was that, Travis Head? Travis Head. Four for 10. Four for 10 off 2.5. Wow. So Australia get the job done. I know Adam, Adam back at headquarters, you were panelling for the SEN coverage. Yeah,
7: I was panelling for, for day three, and, Steve, it was unbelievable. The Aussies got out. The last two wickets fell for uh, Pat Cummins and Nathan Lyon. And then Sri Lanka just, after their initial partnership, they just kept falling. You know, they just fell like, like flyers, you know. It was just unbelievable um, bowling from Australia. And that, that spell from, from Head where he got two in and over and ended up with four for ten, he was magnificent. So yeah. I just I can't fold Australia.
2: Yeah, great stuff, mate. Adam Staples back at headquarters, and great to hear you on the air, mate. So let's go live now to Nerida Stewart, the Super Netball Grand Final that's being played in Perth, West Coast Fever up against the Melbourne Vixens, and let's go to the coach of the Australian men's team. Nerida, good morning. Welcome back to the show.
8: Good morning, fellas. How are you on this fine, lovely, coastal, dreary day? <laughs>
2: yeah, yeah, we're well. We're loving the uh, hockey action, the over-60s. Uh, Buttes, uh, <laughs> he's keen for a start in about, what, a decade? Yeah,
3: yeah, 12 years I've got up my sleeve still. So, uh, But I, I don't want, think I'll be I moving want, as good, uh, as, good front, as
8: these guys. Front seat, supporters seat for that one, Buttes, please. I'd <laughs> oh. really like
2: that. That'd be great. <laughs> hey, uh, last time we <laughs> spoke to you, you were on your way to Orange for the Country Rugby Championships. How did everything go? Um it was
8: it was a freezing cold weekend, as predicted. Um, but the under-14 Central Coast boys came away with the country win, which was great. Um, so that was my, my son Angus' team. So they fought for that. And then it's an interesting format that they have because they play the country championships for the first two days. And then based on where they fell in the you know final placing, they then go through and play for the New South Wales championships and they play all the city teams as well. So they ended up coming fourth in that placing, which is a fantastic achievement um, for mm. a post team and a regional team. So it was, it was a great weekend, very successful, but very, very cold.
2: Yeah, and you'd have some thoughts. Uh, we'll talk netball first, but I guess you'd have some thoughts as well on Wallabies versus England, which has been played uh, this weekend as well. In fact, in Perth as well. So the city will be pumping. But first, let's get to West Coast Fever versus the Vixens. Mm. And we probably should start the narrative with... What a semi-final last week with the Giants going out in one of the greatest semis I think I've ever seen.
8: What a game. I mean, the first half was like one quarter was Giants and one quarter was Vixens, and I think you went into half-line thinking what was going to happen. And I think it was a a really great exhibition of two teams just fighting tooth and nail with everything they possibly had to get to that, um, you know, final grand final spot. Big question over Vixens not having... Kira Austin there for the game due to um, health protocols. So that was, I think, a bit of a loss for them. But in saying that, Rani Sanderson's really stepped up for them in the uh, two-point shot department. And for a girl who traditionally is a shooter, to pull out a goal attack game in a do-or-die prelim final and come away with a win was exceptional for her. So uh, big props to Rani, I think.
2: Yeah, that might take some time for the Giants to get over because there was an intercept and I know who threw the pass and it was in the final seconds right. and it looked like, looked like the Giants looked like the Giants would get the job done. Uh, Vixens, they've been the best side all year, the minor premiers, but wow, you've got to think, and I spoke to Kimberly Green on a podcast this week who played over 70 tests for Australia. She's tipping West Coast to break the drought. Is it a couple of decades since West Coast have won a championship?
8: Yeah, it has, it's been a while. They came out really strong when the competition first started, but... I think they sort of had a bit of a quiet period in the middle and, you know, there's always that talk of rebuild and, and finding that real connection with your team to find that, you know, premier-winning team. Um, and I think Dan Ryan's come in really shaken things up a little bit, given a new culture to the group, a new energy, and it's, the team seems to be really responding to that. So, you, you know, he's a spectacle to watch in himself, Dan, on the sideline and he's just so energetic and brings something really different. So... Whether that's what's triggered, because primarily the team's pretty much the same. So I think energy's probably done it. Maybe it's just also it's just the right time for them. They've built mm. over the last few years, and it's just a really good timing for them to come away and, and and take the take the big trophy. And I probably will sit with Kim on that. I think I think they're the team to, to beat. And in my personal opinion, I think Giants were probably the team that would have beaten them. Um, I'd love to see Dixons come out and, and give another performance like they did last week with the addition of Kira Austin. Um, I hope Simone starts to use Rani a little bit more strategically. Uh, I think when they, they played Perth the first time, Rani only came on in the last five minutes of the, the last quarter to sort of nail those super shots. And she's really lethal at that point. So I think if they can sort of access her for the back five minutes of every quarter, they might actually stay in the game a little bit. So... I would agree with Kim. I think Perth will do, do the job, but it's going to be a great game to watch.
2: Yeah. Are you able to stay with us for one more break? I'd like to talk more about the Super Netball final and the season and, you know, because it's been amazing. And yeah, the other factor too is some news came out this week about the plight of where Netball Australia is. But, yeah, we'd love to get more insight from you on Grand Final weekend. Absolutely. you Stewart joining us coach of the Australian men's team. It's 17 to 10. We're live from the over 60s. Seen some incredible play here. But at the moment, it's the far north coast leading Metro Southwest 1-0 on show court number one. Back in a few moments. Saturdays on the coast on SEN.
1: Robson Civil. With over 60 years of leading civil constructions experience, visit robsoncivilprojects.com.au. BJ Howes Metal Land. The coast's tradies' choice for tools, steel, gas. Visit bjhowes.com.au. You're listening to Saturdays on the Coast.
2: Yeah, good morning. Welcome back uh, live at the over-60s New South Wales Championships. No change to that scoreline with 6.45 remaining in this match. And at the moment, it's far north coast leading Metro Southwest, the goal scorer, Tim McDebitt. Ah, oh, Timmy. Nice finish by Tim McDebbitt. In fact, far north coast, really, they probably should be a few more goals in front. So uh, they've been peppering
3: that goal plenty all of game.
2: Plenty of time if they're good enough, Metro Southwest. Buttes, let's go back to Nerida Stewart, coach of the Australian yeah. men's netball team. Grand final weekend, West Coast Fever, up against the Melbourne Vixens, the minor premiers. You want to talk about some of the superstars before you mention probably the key player in the entire match. Mm. Um, yeah, like uh, she's a superstar goal shooter. She's virtually unstoppable, and you want to say a few more words about it?
3: Yeah, six-time MVP Janelle Fowler, we're referring to, the goal shooter for Fever. How do you stop her, uh, Nerida? How does that happen? What do they got to do to uh, minimize her involvement uh, and the number of goals she'll score throughout the, throughout the game?
8: I think it comes back to that whole strategy of, you know, you've got 10 minutes of a quarter where it's it's your traditional netball um, format, which is that one-point game. So this is where victims really need to sort of hone in and and get ahead in those spaces. Um, I think it comes down to breaking the ball through the midcourt. Once it gets circle-edged for someone like Janelle, there's no way you're going to stop it. It's it's going in, they're getting a point, you're conceding it basically. So I think the game shifts through that midcourt space. And I think that comes down to the sort of game that, you know, our Australian captain and Vixen captains, um, sorry, Kate Maloney's the, the Vixen captain, but Liz Watson and Kate Maloney and Kate Eddy, that, that combination through the midcourt for Vixens, who have experience, who have, you know, the capability to shut down a midcourt of uh, Jess Anstice, Verity Simmons, you know, Alice Teague-Neal. I think they've got the strength there. So Vixens need to capitalise on that during that, that first 10-minute format. And then it comes down to you know the last five minutes of the game and, and for me this is where seeing Simone inject someone like Rani into the into the game, I think Vixens are a lot stronger in that two point range than the Fever are. So the Fever have got Sasha Glasgow, but she's not as consistent with that performance as a Rani or a Kira. So I think if they can punch ahead and keep it even, even if it's a one a goal for goal space in that first ten, that last five is gonna be the telling story for the, for the
2: final outcome of the game, I think. Yeah, I mentioned about the uh, podcast I've done with Kimberly Green, and she named her best seven. She actually found it quite agonising to talk about, actually, but um, because it was so difficult. No surprise, she named Liz Ellis in that group, and she also named Catherine Cox. So two players that she played plenty of netball with. One name that I found really surprising, so she could have named Susan Prattley. Uh, or Nat Medhurst. She named Liz Watson in her best seven, and Liz Watson we'll see her this weekend, won't we?
8: Yeah, Liz, Liz is our current uh, Diamonds captain, um, and part of the mid court probably will be in the wing attack deep, I would suggest for the Vixens. Um, she's just a really cruisy player. She does a job. She accesses circle really well. Her vision down court is sensational, and she's very calm in those really, really sort of. Um, intense moments so I think someone who has the longevity that, that um, Liz has had um, is, is something that brings a really special I suppose accolade to her in that um, she could sit in that top seven absolutely I think there's a big push for me if we're talking the top seven I'd have to throw in a Carissa, Carissa Toms or a, a Simone McInnes in that top seven there but um Look, I think she's, she's definitely up there for me, but she's such an interesting... Never sat down and done what my top seven would look like, so yeah, maybe I yeah, need to she, make some space in my day for that.
2: <laughs> yeah, she found it really difficult because I put her on the spot. And, you know, I think there's a lot to come out of that podcast with Kimberly Green. So she plays 74 tests, but at the age of 16, and I'd like to hear your story as well. At 16, she plays in a rep netball team at schoolgirl level, I think Catholic schools, with Julie Fitzgerald's daughter. So around that time, Kimberley's looking at being a hurdler. She loved track and field. She was also playing basketball, but suddenly Julie Fitzgerald must have seen her, spotted something, and she's invited to the Sydney Swifts, the Sydney Swifts training session before they become the New South Wales Swifts, as just a number at training. A couple of weeks later, she's offered a contract at $50 a week. Like it's just remarkable, and she goes on to be a superstar of the game. What, what are you? Firstly, what are your thoughts about that story, and then tell us how Julie spotted you.
8: My thoughts first up are: Why wasn't I given fifty bucks a week when I? First <laughs> 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 that, that would have been great. <laughs> that, that's petrol in the car. Um, yeah. So. Look, oh, Kim Green was one of those one of those kids when she came through that was just a, you know a star in the making from the word go. So it doesn't surprise me that Julie recognised that and wanted to get her you know advanced along that pathway as quickly as she possibly could. So just a, a lovely girl, but a formidable athlete. And I mean, she'd be punching that top seven too at some point. So, um, but for me, I think look, Julie, I I was one of those junior players that never made it through to rep. In junior reps, I was always the last person cut out of that team to go off to state champs, and um, you know I hung around for the for the long haul. And then Julie saw me in the under 17s. I finally made the under 17s to kill the district, and she'd seen me at state champs and sort of said, "Who's this girl? Where has she been?" And then um, sort of came over to me and, and said, um, "I want to keep an eye on you." And she picked me in the. New South Wales under 19s team that she was coaching, and then after that, I'd spent a year at the AAS in Canberra. And she got a got a hook into me straight away and said, "You won't be playing for Hills anymore. You are come across to play for guys. Mm. So that was sort of the uh, the story of our coach-player relationship. So she does keep her eye on the prize. She's always hovering around, seeing what's coming up next. So yeah, just as, just, as just very quickly, that level should be.
2: That period at the AIS, <clears throat> and that would have been the halcyon days of the Australian Institute of Sport. What about that experience? And butts, another goal. Another
3: goal. Timmy's done it again. Our man, he's <laughs> two from two. He's on fire.
8: Oh, wow, he is on fire. Tim he sounds like fire. he's having
2: a cracking day. Yeah, he's having a cracker
3: <laughs> hey, uh, day. I want to touch on you know what you spoke about there. It's amazing how, you know, and again, you can talk to a lot of young kids about this. Hey, and, don't we've got one minute. We've one minute, but you can talk to a lot of young kids about this, but... It depends on the coach and what they see in the player. So it's not about it's not a reflection on you as a player, but it might necessarily be what the coach sees or doesn't see in you that leads to selections.
4: Oh, look, I,
8: I talk to my athletes all the time about perception. Like, everyone has a completely different perception. I might see a player that I select for a you know, a, a, an Australian men's team, but someone that hasn't really rated for their state's open men's team. And I yep. see something completely different in that player that I want to work with and I think has potential. So, yeah, I think it's really important for people not to give up. And I think that's also why it's important for people to expose themselves to a variety of coaches and a variety yes. of coaching styles. I think yeah. that's really well, important. So, Awesome um, job, Nerida. The-
2: uh, we. We're off to the news, so unfortunately I need to wrap this up. Thank you so much for joining us. Enjoy the rest of your weekend and best wishes.
8: Thanks, fellas. Have a good weekend and go the Vixens. I'm going to go the underdogs.
2: Yeah. Nerida Stewart joining us. We're off to the news. Back soon to talk some football. Central Coast Mariners women's team next.
1: Robson Civil. With over 60 years of leading civil constructions experience, visit robsoncivilprojects.com.au. BJ Howes Metal Land. The coast's tradies' choice for tools, steel, gas. Visit bjhowes.com.au. Welcome to Saturdays on the Coast.
2: We're back live. It's the over-60s New South Wales Championships at Wyong and loving the action. So a 2-0 win just a few moments ago to the... Far North Coast.
3: Who was the scorer, Steve? Timmy? Uh,
2: yeah, yeah. Wasn't it was it? Tim mcdevitt
3: Tim mcdevitt There you go. Who's on fire?
2: Fantastic game by McDavid. Uh, we'll tell you who's playing in this next game in just a few moments. But can you believe? And I'm I'm assured this is not a gr. No. Michael Jackson. He's in the building. Michael Jackson joins us <laughs> on the show, <laughs> uh, mate. Good morning, and uh, you've come all the way from Inverell.
9: Yeah, I have, mate. Yeah, we've come down to uh, support the big show down here, mate.
2: Yeah, have you been going so far?
9: We're going okay, mate. We've had two draws and a win. That keeps us in. That keeps us a bit alive for the afternoon, anyhow, mate.
3: And Jacko, you need to win this afternoon to get yourself
9: playing well. We, we definitely don't need a loss. If we, we, no, we, no. we, we uh, have a draw or whatever, yeah. and uh, and the early opener. <laughs> the early I'm, not, opener.
3: I'm not sure the two of you <laughs> is going to help your game five. this afternoon. But what does it get rid of all the soreness? Uh, does it? Five o'clock somewhere, <laughs> mate. <laughs>
2: hey, uh, One of the reasons you've come on, uh, you saw the Mark Hughes Foundation yeah. beanie and. Mark just sent me a message and said he'd love to come on the mm. show. He said it wouldn't be Beanie Round without a chat. Uh, but uh, you've, got a, you've got a charity in the bush that just sounds amazing. Tell us more. Yeah,
9: yeah look, I, um, I, and congratulations to the Mark Hughes Foundation. What a wonderful cause, and, and the promotion's been awesome. I, mm. I, just, I, can't, I can't believe how good everyone's got behind it. And in the bush, we've got um, a, a, a charity called Can Assist, there's 55 branches in rural New South Wales, over five thousand volunteers, and we support seventy new cancer patients in the bush every year. And I reckon that CAN Assist is probably the only charity that I know where hundred percent of the money that's raised stays in the bush. One hundred percent of that money. Yeah. And currently we're looking after ten thousand we're looking after ten thousand uh, cancer patients annually. Every year, yeah, uh, it's a
3: phenomenal effort, you know, d- yeah. across the whole rural area, fifty-five uh, separate.
9: Uh, yes, right down in uh, all regional areas, you know, right down from uh, Armidale, Moree, yeah. right way right down to Griffith, Leeton, uh, all, all those, you know, southern places, Dubbo, the whole lot. Yeah. And
2: Jacko, you actually sit on the board. I sit
9: on the board, yeah, and we we try and um, raise enough corporate money to run our head office, which is in Sydney. We only yeah. we have a light staff. We only have about. Um, eight permanent people working in the office in Sydney, and we need to raise. You know, we need to raise some money to keep that organ- uh, keep that going in the uh, city centre, to uh, so that all our all our funds that are raised in the bush stay in the bush. And
3: so how we, much sort of money are we talking
9: on an annual basis? We're trying, We try to raise um, in the corporately. So to support our head office, around about a million dollars. Good on you, can, mate. mate. Fantastic. So, yeah. yeah, well done. So, so I just you know,
2: gave you a standing O, can assist. <laughs> uh, Michael Jackson, first time Michael Jackson's oh, been on the show. You? Well, C-
9: well, can I, can you do a moonwalk for us? I, 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 if I have a couple more of these stubbies, mate, <laughs> no, you'll, you'll be see be a doing. moonwalk, and, uh, and, and then I'll be able to tell you to beat it, mm, mate. Yeah.
2: <laughs> well done, Jack. I bet you just <laughs> roll that out a few times. Oh, well done. Hey, let's talk some football, because this is one of the best stories of the week. Uh, it's the Mariners have got a women's team. It's now official. Sean Millercamp joins us and one of our players, Sophie Nanandovich, and I hope I've said that correctly. Uh, good morning to both of you.
6: Morning, mate. How, how are you doing? doing right?
2: <laughs> yeah, 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 we're well. Uh, let's start with Sean. And can you tell us, I know this has been in the pipeline for some time, but tell us how it all unfolded.
6: Yeah, look, it has uh, been six, seven years that we've been working hard to uh, to get granted a license for our women's team. and it was very exciting. Uh, the news came through, and and Sophie and I were able to get down to Melbourne on Wednesday, and uh, for the formal announcement that in 2023 the Central Coast Mariners will join the A-League Women's competition, and uh, and so we'll have a, our second national team representing the coast um, in in the national competition. So it's uh, it's very exciting news.
3: Sean, what does it mean for the national competition from the women's perspective? How many teams, are there? is it 12 teams now competing uh, in this tournament? Which suddenly makes it a full competition, as in I think it's 22 rounds.
6: Yeah, that's right. That's that's the really big news for the women's game is, is our inclusion brings it to a 12-team competition. A full 22-round home and away, which has mm. uh, long been overdue. And it, and it really allows uh, those athletes in the women's game to... Consider the A-League Women's as a professional career rather than a part-time second uh, option.
3: Mate, how does that work from the club perspective and and from a funding structure as well? Like, you know, there's costs that come with all those things—not only player payments, but you've got travel, etc. Does the uh, Football Australia (FFA) do they support or co-fund part of that process?
6: Uh, Look, I'm I'm not going to lie; it's difficult. Uh, Mm. there's, There's a lot of work to be done. There's a lot of Sponsorship to be generated. We need the whole community to get behind it. Uh, yeah, there is a broadcast distri- distribution. It's it's uh, it covers maybe 40% of the the total cost uh, that's there. So so uh, and it's a real credit to our new chairman um, Richard Peel, who uh, who was really the. The, the one that was able to enable the green light and provide the, uh, the funding and commitment uh, for us. But, yeah, there's plenty of hard work to be done financially. Yeah.
2: Let's, uh, let's bring in Sophie. Sophie Nanadovich, congratulations. I hope I've said your surname correctly. But how exciting for you, Sophie. So you sign your first W League contract as a 15-year-old, <coughs> spend the next seven years at the Jets. But how excited are you to come to the Central Coast Mariners and tell us some of the players we'll be looking for and maybe a bit about the coaching staff as well?
7: Yeah, no, it's awesome. Um, long time coming. Uh, even when I was back playing in Newcastle, there was word every season that the Mariners were joining. Um, just, they just kept getting knocked back for different reasons. So um, it's massive for the coast to finally get a women's team into the the top competition of Australia. Um, and to have a full home and away series is even better. Um, like Sean said, it will allow those female athletes to hopefully make a career out of playing football um, and not have to rely so much on... Full-time work on the side um, it can be quite draining. So, no, I've loved being at the coach. I only joined um, this season to be part of the academy, and I've loved every minute of it. Coaching staff are amazing. They're putting so much into the women's program already, so um, can only imagine what it's going to look like in the future.
2: Yeah, it's a World Cup year next year, but your immediate focus is coming back from injury. Tell us what's happened to you, and also tell us a bit about your game and where you play.
7: Yes, um, unfortunately had a pretty serious ankle injury um, a couple of years ago which kept me on the sidelines for quite some time and um, a few setbacks along the way, so it kept me out of playing in the W League, or A League Women's now, but it was W League then, um, for two seasons, wasn't quite quite ready to be back playing um, and obviously because the season's so short, not many coaches want to essentially waste the contract on a play that's going to be Halfway through the season, um, you might as well sign someone that's going to be ready to go from the beginning. Um, it's a bit of a bit of a risk if you sign someone that's going to be ready halfway through the season. Mm. Um, so, yeah, I mean, World Cup stuff I'm def- is definitely on the radar. But yeah, like I mentioned, I I'd ideally just want to get back in, into the A League and get some um, consistent football under my belt at that top level again.
3: How do you feel, Sophie, about the fact that, you know, there's 12 teams competing, it's going to be a full competition, 22 rounds uh, of football. It must be uh, something as a player that you must be so grateful for considering, you know, I guess also when you look at how far the women's game has gone, you know, you're 24 now, that's nine years you've been involved in the game. must be great to see the evolution of the sport. Yeah, it's amazing. Um, Like
7: Sean said, long time coming, very overdue, um, uh, that seven seasons that I played at Newcastle, uh, the wage eventually increased by year by um, year. So that was massive then. But now for them to to extend the league to a full home and away series, not only makes the competition fair, but makes it more of a career for us females. Um, mm. And it might even encourage our, our top players that are playing abroad um, to come home.
2: Yeah, I like the sound of that. Who's on our hit list? Maybe I should ask Sean that because... I know you've told me a couple of things in the Cone of Silence, but there are some superstars that we'd like to lure to the Central Coast. Did you say Sam Kerr? Uh, <laughs> uh, it was in the Cone of Silence. <laughs> <That's>
6: OK. <laughs> Look, I, I think it's definitely important for us to flag the local talent, uh, those that uh, that have come through. So it's impossible uh, to, to not, you know, start to wonder where Hannah Brewer's going and, and what she's been doing and, and those that have worn the Mariners badge before. So there's... So there's plenty that uh, that played in the early years. So, so you never know who's going to be in and around. And with the World Cup coming, uh, I've got a good friend in Alan Stadgek who knows plenty of those uh, players that that are going to be in and around. So, we're going to definitely be shopping and recruiting around. And and uh, and stay tuned. It's going to be an exciting 12 months. We bring bring this team together.
3: Sean, you know, with the expansion of the competition, what does it mean financially from the girls' perspective? Well, yeah, I'm assuming there's going to be some form of salary yeah, cap.
2: Yeah, that, that's a really good question, Buttes, because we just spoke about Kimberly Green, who plays 74 tests for a country. Yep. She signs on a $50 deal. Then I think it goes to about seven or 8000 Then it doubles. Suddenly she gets $30,000. And so you can see a legitimate pathway when she signs with the New South Wales Swifts. And that's probably less than a decade ago, yep. and then it becomes, I think, base salary of, of around, you know, I think it's over 70000
3: Yeah, so where does it sit, you know, minimum wage um, and obviously the salary cap, and, and how many players within that squad do you need to fit within those restrictions? Uh,
6: yeah, so, um, so uh, now you test me, but yeah, it's uh, uh, 16 players minimum, but generally it's sort of 8 of 20 uh, players that, that'll come through in the roster. Uh, minimum salary <laughs> Uh, is around the 20k mark and and growing, um, so so the total um, uh, the total minimum cap will be around uh, half a million dollars in in salary payments uh, mm. for the squad uh, that's there. So and um, but year on year the, the projection is as what's happened across the women's game is that this yeah. will continue to grow. So it's really yep. important we keep getting the commercials growing to to allow this to happen.
2: Yeah, fantastic. Uh, Actually, I saw the Matildas played this week. They had a really big loss, didn't they, Soph? And then they bounced back and I saw was it Princess Abini? So Bernie's sisters scored for the Matildas? Yeah, she did and I actually
7: uh, was lucky enough to play in the junior and young Matilda set-ups with her. So um, it's you know, it's exciting to see that players that I played with in the junior national team set ups are making their way into the senior team. So, um, something I can aspire to as well. Um, but yeah, a lot of a lot of the younger girls are getting a run in the senior team these couple of um, friendly matches, um, and it it does show that there are a few holes, but um, it gives them time to fill them, I guess.
2: Yeah, well, it's fantastic news. A lot of hard work to do now, assembling the full squad and coaching staff and, and also financing it, by the sounds of things, as well. But well done, Sean Millercamp, Chief Executive Officer, and congratulations, Sophie Nanandovich. Uh, have I said that correctly?
7: Yes, you have,
2: yeah. Yeah, yeah, I've got to be, I've got to be ready. For the pronunciation, man. Nanat Goal to Nanandovich. I've got to be ready for ah, that in 2023. <laughs> uh, thank you so much. Congratulations. Awesome news for the Central Coast.
7: Thanks, guys. Thank guys.
2: So, talking Mariners women's team in 2023. We'll go to a break here. Mark Hughes, the great mm. Mark Hughes, has sent us a text said, boys, it wouldn't be Beanie Round without a chat.
3: He's done that, the truth.
2: With Steve Owen Butts. So we'll go to a break here, come back with the legendary Mark Hughes from the Mark Hughes Foundation in just a few moments. Saturdays on the Coast on SEN.
1: Robson Civil. With over 60 years of leading civil constructions experience, visit robsoncivilprojects.com.au BJ House Metal Land. The Coast's tradies' choice for tools, steel, gas. Visit BJhouse.com.au. You're listening to Saturdays on the Coast.
2: Yeah, welcome back. We're live at the over 60 New South Wales Hockey Championships. Rain falling here, but these are all weather courts, so we'll be able to... All weather fields, I should say. We'll be able to play right across the weekend to finals tomorrow. At the moment, it's Goulburn leading the Coffs Coast. Scoreline is 1-0. I should just say about these fields, too, is that you can see they were built by Robson Civil Projects. Mm. So Robson's our naming rights partner here at SEN, and these are magnificent fields, and I know that... Central Coast Hockey, they had this mantra, if we build it, they will come. And we've seen. So now they'll host the under-13 New South Wales Championships in a couple of weeks. Yeah, That will be absolutely enormous. We'll talk to BJ about that before the end of the show, but we'll have thousands here on the Central Coast in a couple of weeks. Then they'll host another Masters tournament later in the year. So the argument, Buttes, is... We need to drive on the Central Coast for more infrastructure, more sporting infrastructure, and we'll attract these big tournaments.
3: Without a shadow of a doubt. Look, I know, I know. you know, when it comes to Oztag, we have to go to Coffs Harbour because there's no facilities in Sydney or anywhere else apart from Coffs Harbour that can accommodate, you know, the 25, 30 fields that we need to have playing at any one time slot. And, you know, this facility here, is, you know, it's pretty apparent that if you build it, they will come, and, and that's... Going to be the case, and it would be great for the council. I know they're in dire, you know, trouble with financially. But if they were in a position to be able to um, build some better infrastructure, especially when it comes to sporting fields, it's an hour up the freeway.
2: Yeah, people yeah, from we need Sydney to, uh, will come. Well, we need to lobby Emma and also Dr. Gordon Reid, who's just been elected yes. uh, with the Labor Party. So. You know, I say let's start waving some placards for more sporting infrastructure. Hey, standing O. Standing O time. Let's rise as one for the Mark Hughes Foundation. It's Beanie Round, and the man himself joins us. I think he's on the motorway. Good morning, mate. Welcome back to the show. Uh, Sit down,
10: fellas. Sit back down. (laughs) Great
2: to have me. me. Great to to have me. (laughs) Um,
10: Uh, It's been a huge week or so. We've been in um, Manly Game on Thursday night and the Panthers Friday night. Both clubs just welcomed him with open arms and the, the rugby league community, the fans, the players, the coaches, everyone, the media, they just go right behind us and um, it's just been a magical few days.
2: Yeah, yeah, I love this new new addition too. I, I think it looks good on me, Buttes. Oh mate, uh, it looks fantastic. But, but... Husey, Buttes has got the next question, but I just got a text from Sean Millercamp from the Central Coast Mariners, Chief Executive Officer. He says, hey, boys, thanks for the interview a moment ago. Can you please tell Mark Hughes the Central Coast Mariners are keen for a beanie round as well? Uh, He says he spoke to you about a year ago, and he's keen for a cross-code version of the Mark Hughes Foundation beanie round.
9: Yeah,
3: great news. That's great news from Sean Yeah. Oh, that's great to hear. So, um, yeah, we'll get in
10: contact, and we'd love to to work on that. That would be brilliant.
3: Yeah, it'd be fantastic, mate. I don't know how the beanies will go in summer, but that's okay. (laughs) (laughs) We might have to come up with something else, mate. But nevertheless, Mark, can I just say to you, mate, can I just say to you, mate, congratulations. And I don't know whether it gets any easier for your team, but they do an incredible job year after year. And the growth and the, I guess, the awareness of what the Mark Hughes Foundation has done in relation to brain cancer and the cure for brain cancer has been absolutely phenomenal, mate. And um, I guess, you know, there's times where you probably sit back and I don't know whether you do it over a quiet beer and, you know, a moment on your own, but sit back and go, you know what, this is unbelievable to think what you have managed to achieve over the last seven, nine years uh, that this foundation has been going. Oh, absolutely, Nick,
10: and... Um yeah, I, I just messaged out our small team, and um, we, it is a small team, and they work so hard. Oh. And we got uh, three to four, three to four, uh, amazing employees. We got so many volunteers. I'm, a, I like to tell people I'm a volunteer. I, I said to them, we've got to have a good, we've got to get together and have a good drink next week, and just, just celebrate a great achievement. So, yeah, you're right, mate. We need to sit back and, and maybe um, look at look over this last few weeks. The last. Eight or nine years, and just say, "Wow, this has this has been so such an amazing journey." But um, you know what? Uh, the support's just been unbelievable the whole way, and it's our responsibility now to, um, by opening the MHF Brain Cancer Centre and other things that we're doing, to mm. really propel this this research and, and sort it out. Because there's people listening right now that depend that are depending on us finding a cure. So we take that yeah, seriously.
2: So- So there's a new facility, is that being built in Newcastle? Can you tell us more about that?
10: Steve, uh, it's a space at the Newcastle University, it's it's all ready to go. We didn't want to spend two or three years developing, spending big money, so we have partnered with the University of Newcastle, they have a research uh, section, we've got a a room in that and and we've uh, selected our chair, which is our our major uh, researcher, uh, Professor Mike May. We're building a team around that, and we're going to have all these researchers under the one roof. Um, It's going to be so much better for brain cancer.
2: Are you you off to the Bulldogs game, Bulldogs versus Sharks?
10: No, mate, I'm uh, I'm heading back to Newcastle. Uh, Like I said, I've done a couple of games in Sydney. It's been great. Um, We'll have our volunteers at the game, but I need to... um,
6: Probably just kick back on the lounge and watch
10: it, watch it from the lounge. <laughs> <in his> <laughs>
2: it's been, you know, a lot of a lot of amazing. Everywhere I look, there's beanies. Um, yeah. There's yeah, radio. There's geez, Everyone wants to help. It's unbelievable. Yeah. yeah, you know, he's straight to the merry pub. Yeah, of course he is. No doubt about
3: it. <laughs> hey, uh, Tuesday, I was down at yeah, the so launch. I, 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 go, go ahead, go ahead, mate. I was, just, I was just about to order a at the bar, sorry. <laughs> <laughs> but, all right, my, my, <laughs> mate, I was down at the launch at the SCG on, on uh, Wednesday. Tuesday, sorry, Tuesday. Uh, and it was great to see so many people uh, across a range. And, in fact, the Swifts were there, Sydney Swifts. Yes. Fully yeah. behind it. Um, and it's great to just see a broad range of not only personalities and, and sports stars from rugby league, but, uh, you know, a whole range of other sports. Um, I guess when you look at... What you 've been able to achieve like it's absolutely phenomenal um, do you just i don 't know is there times where you know you could never have imagined what you've got what you 've been able to do, but then I guess you've got to look ahead and go, okay what more we can do and based on what you've done with this research uh, team in newcastle university that's a one starting point you know where do we keep going from here, mate well where do you keep going from here well i'm certainly energized
10: because. I've just got so much support and help around me, so I've mm. I've before. Um, so I am now left with the responsibility of finding the right um, answers and getting, you know, whether use this money, testing the and make sure really good stuff comes out of this. So, yeah, the, the uh, support one thing, and the magic is the beanies really needs to happen around the um, Bunsen Burner's in those research facilities. So we're going to drive that. Um, we've got to keep it going. There's a long way to go, Mick. It's such a big thing, brain cancer. Nothing's changed in 30 years. We're mm. trying to crack the code of this thing. Um, it's going to take a bit more work, that's for sure.
2: Yeah, and, you know, you just have to go to your website to see that brain cancer kills more Australians under 40, more Australians under 40 than any other type of cancer. Now, that is... It's staggering, isn't it? Phenomenal. Hey, uh, I did see one of your old teammates, Premiership-winning hero Billy Peden, on TV yeah. the other night. What's Billy up to?
10: Ah, oh, Billy, Billy's just a champion. He he puts his hands up to everything for the foundation. He's a great ambassador for us. And Billy, we had the Big Three Trek. They walked from Sydney to Newcastle in three days. They got there last night. Fifty kilometres a day. I did the yeah. third day. I walked, from, I walked from the SCG and I uh, ended up at Perry Hill uh, Crown Plaza. It was a huge day, day one. They've d- they done it the next two days and they got in last night. Then. Um, um, it's just um, we had uh, Central Coach Bell Jamie. She was walking, her husband passed away. She's got a one year old child but never got to meet the dad. Um, mm. They're the type of stories that just inspire and like, motivate
2: you know, families get torn apart. Yeah, well, mate, we're rising as one again. An- yeah. Another standing ovation. We um, we can't thank you enough, mate, because I know you get smashed on this weekend with a lot of media commitments, but uh, you <coughs> and I are eternally grateful for you coming on our show.
10: Uh, you may have been big since the start, so thank
2: you. Good well, on you, Mark. Whatever Hughesy just said.
3: Yeah, he, said he, he said it's a great show and you guys <laughs> do an amazing job. And he can't believe we're not on air across a whole range of uh, yeah. stations and networks. Yeah, going
2: worldwide. Uh, <laughs>
3: That's correct.
2: Sounds like he's now on the dark side <laughs> of the moon. <laughs> hey, uh, we're, we're off to the news and just love how generous Hughesy is with his time. And what a player yeah, too. Two-time Premiership winner.
3: Yep, fantastic player and you know played for New South Wales. Like you said, two-time Premiership winner. And he's, you know, in the greatest fight of his life right now.
2: Yeah. Yeah. Uh, speaking of great players, next up to talk about the Wallabies versus England oh. in Perth tonight, Jeremy Paul played 72 test matches and won it all. He was a Johnny Eels medal winner, also a World Cup winner. We'll talk some rugby next on Saturdays on the Coast.
1: Robson Civil. With over 60 years of leading civil constructions experience, visit robsoncivilprojects.com.au. BJ House Metal Land. The coast's tradies choice for tools, steel, gas. Visit bjhowes.com.au. You're listening to Saturdays on the Coast.
3: Here at the uh, the Wyong Hockey Fields, uh, we are here for the over 60s, the Masters State Championships, and everything is going great here. steve just wandered off and leave me posted, but we're all good. And uh, we've got coming up one of the, uh, the finest, Steve, one of the finest rugby players uh, this country has ever seen. Over, what was it, 74 tests he played for the Wallabies?
2: Yeah, and you know, he played more than Phil Kearns. Yes. I, I told you that uh, off the air this morning, that you think about Phil Kearns being a legend. Well, this guy won absolutely everything in his illustrious Stella, career. Stellar career. Including a World Cup, the John Eels medal. Uh, and he joins us right now. And we
3: were the trio, remember? He was our third wheel. Yeah, three ring circuits. Yeah, yeah, it was bloody amazing.
2: Jeremy Paul, good morning, mate. Welcome back to the show. The boy. How
3: are you? <laughs> hey, my friend. How are you, buddy? Good to have you on board. Oh,
0: boys. It's, uh, It's been too long. But you're up my neck of the woods. I, I hear you're at you, are you yeah. um? Are you searching for your next gig, uh, dude? You, yeah, right,
3: Mate, I'm 12 <laughs> years away from it, but I'll I tell you what. Physically, I feel about two years <laughs> away from it. <laughs>
2: Hey, uh, JP, just uh, update our listeners, because so you left the Central Coast for a while and you were coaching in Sydney, is that correct? Yeah, look,
0: I, 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 I wanted to further my sort of coaching career and um, went down to Shoot Shield and actually moved down to Penrith and got that going and got into NRC, so our, our national rugby competition, and had an opportunity to go overseas and um, got my... Uh, my wife now, uh, but at the time, partner, we were just a couple of young kids. So we thought uh, it's, it's such a, I suppose, a really selfish sort of type of industry, because especially from coaching, it's, it's all about playing, I tell you. Coaching mm-hmm. is, um, yeah, it's a pretty full on job. And yeah, I had an opportunity to go and coach professionally overseas. And I just oh, I had to make a family decision and I didn't want to seven. So, came back to the Central Coast. Our wife's family's up here. There's about 20 of us. Uh, we're at Dorican. We're just around the corner from you guys. But um, there's about 20 of us in a, in a five-kilometre radius. So, it's, uh, it's awesome. Love this part of the I love the Central Coast. I love everything about the Central Coast. And, um, yeah, not, not at the moment with all this rain. But, normally, with the beautiful sunshine, and oh, what a great hmm. place to live.
2: Yeah, and, you know, that's a tough decision, isn't it? So you could coach overseas, but family come first, second, third, fourth. Mm. In fact, you know, so in a lot of ways, it's a decision. like well,
3: that's a, almost a no-brainer.
2: Yeah, you stay yeah. with family. J, yeah, well, J, J, JP, I want to ask you about the Wallabies tonight. So it's an absolutely massive game, and I noticed that, 12 players from the Brumbies have been selected, and you being a Queensland boy, there's just one Queensland red in there, and there's a couple of glaring omissions. What are your thoughts about selections for tonight's test?
0: Oh, man, I think it's justified. I might might have played, started off in Queensland, but I'm a Brumbies boy through and through. But (laughs) you look at the NRL, Steve. You look at the NRL, and we saw last night the Roosters play Penrith, and Penrith had 13 players across multiple different representative sides because they're the best team in the competition. And the Brumbies were the best team in the competition by a long way. So you go with form. And and you've got to respect Dave Rennie with with, with his selection policy, and that is within form. But there's actually a couple of guys there that um, potentially, if there wasn't injuries, wouldn't be starting tonight. But I I think the big talking point is the uh, is the starting cap, a guy called Caden Neville. Now, Caden Neville is 33 years of age. Do you know he's been with four Wallaby squads, like four different coaches?
10: Oh, Robbie dear.
0: Deans, he went through Robbie Deans, um, Ewan McKenzie, Michael Checker, and now he's with Dave Redding. and he's making his test debut tonight.
3: At oh, 33 years of age?
0: At 33 years of age. Wow. So he was, he was picked in the Wallaby squads. So he's, he's been in four Wallaby squads with four different coaches. And it's a remarkable story because it shows perseverance. It shows um, he, he,
2: he's paid for every state as well. Like, 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 the, uh, like the fast bowler in the Australian cricket team last summer. Yeah. Uh, Bute, who I forget able... his
3: name. I forget his name. <laughs> he, he had an amazing debut. That's right.
2: Hey, uh, JP, I want to ask you. So there's a young man who also makes his test debut. And he's in your old position, so he's the Waratahs hooker, Dave Parecki. Tell me a little bit about him.
0: Look, this kid has uh, come through the system. Um, look, he, he's a very mobile um, hooker. And I think uh, it, it's it's giving the young guy an opportunity because no one's actually put their hand up to that spot. The, the guy that's on the bench, um, Fanger, he's he's been the incumbent over the last... But he's been in and out of the side. So... And there's actually a, another little guy, uh, another Brumbies hooker called Lonigan, which is uh, I think he's injured at the moment. We've actually got a few injuries, but in terms of starting new guys, cause this is this is now their roadmap towards the Rugby World Cup in France 2023. So, uh, sort of 14 to 16 months out, this test series here. Mm. Um, put it this way: back in 2003, when England won the 03 Rugby World Cup against us, still hurts me that final. Mm. Um, they won in Australia in 2002, and then won in New Zealand in 2003. So it's all about preparation two years out, the, the second year out of the Rugby World Cup. So you want to blood young players. You want to be able to create your squad for the Rugby World Cup. And look, I think it's I think it's great that he's still able to um, make some test debuts within a squad. And look, it's healthy competition, Steve and Boots. It's it's what we've been lacking in in Australian rugby is depth within position, so it's great KP, how do JP,
3: how, how do you see the game playing out tonight? Um, I, I've got to say mate, I was saying to Steve on the way here that, you know, the halcyon days of Australian rugby seem to be so far or so long ago you know, when, you know, yourself you know, Gregan, Johnny Eels you know, they're like names from the past. And we're talking 20 years ago now.
2: Yeah, and you go um, even further back and you start yeah, talking you know, Jason, Jason Little, Timmy yeah, Horan, of course. Nick Far Jones. There was
3: that era where you just knew all the Wallaby players, whereas now I couldn't tell you one of them, um, which is a real shame. And, and I don't know whether it's a reflection. Well, you of
2: could. Quake Cooper.
3: Quake Cooper. Well, there you go. I could. But uh, it's a reflection on where the, maybe the rugby is at, unfortunately, as a game. But, um, you know, more importantly, I guess, uh, on my first point, how do you think they'll go tonight and, and what's going to be the key for them?
0: Look, I, I think they, they haven't won a game. I think England's won the last eight games. Um, oh dear. So we haven't beaten them since 2015. First of all, we, we need to win a test series. And that, that builds, as you know, that builds confidence within confidence, a squad. Um, so the first thing is we, we, we've, we've got to win. Now, I like the, I like the selection that Dave Randy's done. Um, he's picked on form, but he's also got. A plethora of players that are knocking on the door, and but I I like I like Quay Cooper. What a great redemption story that was, right Mm. last year. But and and you also summed it up, mate. Look, rugby unfortunately is a generational sport. But however, this year we had probably arguably one of the best Super Rugby tournaments we've had in a very long time. Um, We had the Waratahs beat the Crusaders, where we had a young guy called uh, Edmund, a young five
10: eight
0: players haven't even seen Australia win the Bledsoe Cup. Like, some of them have been yeah. born and we haven't even held the Bledsoe like Cup. So, that that also impacts on the exposure of the Wallabies. Like, it's all about winning, right? Like, you've, you've got to win. Like, if you're not winning, you're under huge amounts of pressure. And and it's, it's, a, it's a very tough world in this market. Like, this diversity of sports. It's, Australians love winners, man. We love winners.
6: Yeah, so, yeah. yeah. Um, hey, JP... So tonight,
2: Oh no, keep going, JP. Go, keep mate. going. Oh, I was just going to say very quickly. Look, I, I think Australia, look, the first
0: game of the, the test series. Look, they're going to be a little bit rusty, but I, I, I believe they've got a really good side, particularly backline. I think um, I think we'll score some tries tonight. So I think I think Australia can win by, by over ten points. Yeah, Ooh, yeah, there fantastic. There and
2: I just want to ask you, mate. There's a whole bunch of other fixtures. So France up against Japan. That's in Japan. Argentina hosts Scotland. South Africa versus Wales, and for the first time in a long time, I think at the moment on the rankings, the All Blacks are ranked at number three in the world up against Ireland. Now, that game at Eden Park, wow, at uh, 5.05 this afternoon. So Mm. wouldn't you love to be at Eden Park for that one? The other place I'd love to be in world sport is Wimbledon, where my son's been, or maybe up in Townsville for the Broncos versus the Cowboys, but... All Blacks versus Ireland will be absolutely huge. What are your thoughts about that game?
0: Oh, they'll, they'll, they'll be an absolute rip snorer. Like, that would be an absolute bashathon, boys. Like, they will go at it for 80 minutes. And mm. Ireland created the blueprint to beat the All Blacks, and that is to compete for 80 minutes. Um, you know, the, the All Blacks are, you know, your Storms, um, uh, your Penriths. Yep. They're a side that is just con- con- consistently turn up every game. So... The contest itself, every mini contest within a game is 100% and it's about winning more. And what Ireland's been able to do is they've been able to win more and actually apply pressure back to the All Blacks, which every team in the World Cup does. So, as I mentioned before, boys, it's, it's all about this preparation for the Rugby World Cup next year. So, we'll see. We'll see. These squads that are playing now will be the squads for the Rugby World Cup next year. So, that will be a cracker series, cracker game. Uh, look, I think they're All Blacks, mate, that, they'll be breathing fire. They don't like losing two
2: in a row. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Hey, uh, what a pleasure to have JP ah, back oh good. on the show. Good Jeremy, back. Paul, you're getting a uh, standing ovation for the man who's done it all, including a World Cup winner with the Wallabies and over 70 tests. Thanks for your time, JP. We'll talk soon. Uh,
0: thanks, boys. Always a pleasure. Stay dry, man.
2: Yeah, Jeremy Paul joining us. Former Wallaby and absolute legend uh, in the hooker position. 72 tests in total. We'll go to a quick break here. Saturday's on the coast. We'll come back and... Wrap things up with Brett Johnson and maybe Dr. Andrew Terry from Hockey New South Wales. Been loving the action, the over-60s New South Wales Championships here at Wyong on this Saturday morning.
1: Robson Civil. With over 60 years of leading civil constructions experience, visit robsoncivilprojects.com.au. BJ House Metal Land. The coast's tradies' choice for tools, steel, gas. Visit bjhouse.com.au. You're listening to Saturdays on the Coast.
2: Yeah, good morning. Hope you're enjoying the weekend so far, and the action is non-stop here. Really loving. It's it's Goulburn in front here against the Coffs Coast. Is that correct, BJ? That is correct, yep. So it's a really rich hockey area, Goulburn, isn't it? And yeah. the Southern Highlands
4: area. Yeah, a lot of Australian players have come from that area. Um, so, yeah, these guys, um, they play also down in the ACT, so they travel down to Canberra as well. So they got the best of both worlds competing in two different competitions, but... Yes, yeah, it's a rich hockey area down in Goulburn, so...
2: You know, you know, I'm 53, and I'm kind of watching some of these guys, and some of them, Buttes, have got amazing engines. Mm. Like, because like, you watch it. So I mentioned earlier, it's a bit of endurance, but there's a lot of short little sprints, and some of them, I mean, this is day two of the tournament. Some of them look absolutely fantastic.
3: Yeah, they're going well. I've got to say, it's been a high standard here, which, um, you know, considering, you know, we're talking over 60s here, but, you know, they don't
4: move like it. No, definitely mm-hmm. not. I'm... I'm genuinely envious. Yeah.
2: Mm. Hey, um, someone said to me yesterday, well, Spielberg, uh, the cameraman, the legendary cameraman Stens- at MBN. Mm. He, he said, does, does BJ, Brett Johnson, still play? Or after playing for the Kookaburras, you know, you've proved everything that you ha- you've had to.
4: I have still been playing. Uh, unfortunately, I've had a full hip replacement this year. So mm. I'm out for this season. Um, mm. I'm back, planning on coming back next year, though. So I still run around in the Div 1 comp here locally and, the over 45 Masters, I've gone away a couple of years for that, so I still get around.
2: Hey, have you heard from Matty Dawson? He's been playing internationally.
4: Yeah, so um, he was playing over in uh, the Netherlands, so went really well over there. I think they might have made the semis in that competition and got knocked out, um, but he's lining up now for the Commonwealth Games, so they're about to head over and get ready for that. So Yeah,
2: yeah in Birmingham. Yeah. Uh, by the way, the Commonwealth Games teams have been named for track mm. and field. We've got a couple of Central Coast athletes, which we'll tell you more about. But we mentioned a few moments ago about the under-13s coming here in a fortnight. How good we're going to have what over 35 teams and yeah. thousands of people coming to the Central Coast.
4: Yeah, so this is one of the biggest carnivals that uh, in the junior competition or junior age groups that Hockey New South Wales hosts. So we've been lucky that we picked that up after the investment that we've made in the facilities here, so we can now host events like that. So 35 teams, probably 1,500 people here. Um, it's going to be a huge weekend, but great money for us, for our association, and also the local economy. Can we come back and set up here? Can we do the show yes, here in a fortnight? Yeah, 100%. I'm never going to say no to you, folks.
2: <laughs> yeah, absolutely. Oh, well, you know, I don't want to step on any toes. I don't want to make an executive decision. Beautiful.
3: No, no. Well, you know, it's amazing. You've got the... There's a couple of... Uh, Positives here about you know what you've got here in terms of the facilities. A you know you can host tournaments like this under thirteens. To think that there's thirty five teams coming up here and being able to compete, which is uh, amazing. So it'll be
2: you know, noisy too.
3: Yeah, yeah. The injection of, of money that that brings into the economy is fantastic. But you know with the weather we've had, it suddenly becomes a a venue where teams can train here and uh, from all range of sports, which yeah. is a real plus.
4: Yeah, and we're starting to see that with all the amount of rain that we've had around the coast. You know, we're starting to get. People contacting us from soccer, from rugby league, from touch footy, because this is an all-purpose field. So, yep. you know, it, we play on it wet, so a little bit of rain doesn't hurt it. Mm-hmm. So we're starting to get all these other sports contacting us now to look at hiring the venue because, you know, they realise now that artificial turfs you can use it all day, every day. So
2: stay with us, BJ. Uh, our producer's telling us we need to go to a break. I, I just want to say this before the end of the show. Last night's AFL. Mm-hmm. Carlton had a chance to go top three, like equal top three. St Kilda, after three losses in succession, yep. what a win for them last night. It was absolutely huge, and it means they're now in the top eight and some crucial matches this weekend. Sydney Swans up against the Bombers. Unfortunately, Giants won't play finals footy, but they're up against Hawthorne this weekend as well in the AFL. Off to a break. It's Saturdays on the Coast on SEN.
1: Robson Civil. With over 60 years of leading civil constructions experience, visit robsoncivilprojects.com.au. BJ House Metal Land. The Coast's tradies' choice for tools, steel, gas. Visit bjhowes.com.au. You're listening to Saturdays on the Coast.
2: Yeah, and this game's over, so the matches keep rolling on. Who's coming up next, BJ? Uh,
4: so it looks like it's Illawarra versus Sutherland in this one. This is a Div 1 uh, match, this one. Yeah. This will be a good one. These are two top teams. Yeah, starting to get close to the pointy end. When are semi finals? Are they later today? Semi finals are on first thing tomorrow morning. So if you are in the semis, you stay home tonight and get ready for tomorrow morning. Hey, can you believe we have Michael Jackson
2: on the show? Yeah, Michael I heard Jackson that. from Inverell. Yeah. And what an amazing charity too! Can assist, which is helping people in the bush with cancer.
4: Yeah, I didn't hear the story, but you know, there's always people like that popping up that you know, unexpected that you meet at these sort of events. So people doing great things out in the hockey community.
2: Yeah. Hey, uh, you know, uh, I was a track star back in the 1980s. Yep. And what about Peter Boll? Uh, Was that at Palm Beach Crumbit? That's uh, exactly right. 800-1500. Peter Boll, he broke it twice in a week, the 800-metre record. Yeah. Yeah, so congratulations to him. We love watching him at the Tokyo Olympic Games. Were you the pacer? Uh, Alyssa Commons uh, continues her amazing year. So this text came through Mm -hmm. from Terry Chigwidden. She won the national championships at the Women's Masters Softball playing for New South Wales. That was in Ipswich. And she's also qualified for the Ironman World Championship in Kona and 70.3 at the World Championships at St. George in Utah. So, well done, Alyssa Commons from the Central Coast. We've also got a young girl playing... At the Under 18 Ice Hockey World Championships, we'll tell you all about that next, next week. week. Wow, because plenty going on, isn't there? It's an amazing story. BJ, thank you so much to you and your team. Mate. Pleasure,
3: boys. See you in a couple of weeks' time. Yep. Hey, more yeah. people here. It'll be exciting too, I'd imagine.
2: Yeah. See Hopefully you for the, the Under 13. Yeah. See you for the Under 13 New South Wales Championships. Thanks to Josh Kine, uh, technician extraordinaire. Thanks to Adam Staples back at headquarters. We couldn't do it without you two guys. I'm on the motorway, off to the Bulldogs. They're chasing three in a row against... Come on, the doggies. Three in a row against the Sharks later on this afternoon. Hope you enjoyed the show. Don't forget the Catch-Up podcast. We'll catch you next week, Saturdays on the Coast.